Hello and welcome to Nuff Said, the musings of two mid-30s comic-obsessed nerds who liked all this stuff before it was cool. I'm Kira. And I'm Craig. Today, we are going to be discussing animated shows that we've grown up with. Yes. So, uh, yeah, 90s. 90s animations. 90s. Mostly. Mostly yeah. 90s. I mean, with me, I'm also 80s, but I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Mostly late 80s, I'd say. Late 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. early 90s. Yeah. When I was growing up, I was very much into things like He-Man and yeah. She-Ra and Thundercats and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously as I got older... Yeah. I, I like I Thundercats, but I wasn't really a He-Man or a She-Ra. I think it was mostly with my mum, which is a really odd thing to say, but she used to like watching it with me as a kid. Oh, OK. So she was into it as well, which yeah. is a bit odd. I mean... <laughs> She's got she's at home with a child, she's got to entertain herself somehow, I suppose. Well, yeah, I think so. I think that was probably the same with my mum as we watched things like Ren and Stimpy. Oh, God, Ren and Stimpy. See, what I, I'm still kind of amazed that they even let me watch, really, because. Oh, yeah, it's very dark. It's so dark. It's very adult as well. Very. Um, and yeah, because obviously I think I was at the age when it came out that I got the whole like gross out humour kind of thing. Yeah. Where, so what was it? Was it 93, 94, I want to say? I think it might have even been... I think it might have been 93. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell. But obviously that was on Nickelodeon, which... Um, yeah, yeah. That and things like Rock Lost Modern Life. Yeah, which I didn't really get into at all, to be honest. No, mm. most, no most of the Nickelodeon stuff I wasn't really all that fond of. But Ren and Stimpy mm. is one of my favourite cartoon series ever. It's, a, it's one of those ones in the world that stands out because it, it's so different yeah. to everything else that was out at that time. It's so unashamedly horrific. <laughs> that, that is probably the best way to describe and I think, it. I think, you know, Spongebob came along a lot later as well, and it was. I think it took a lot of inspiration from Ren and Stimpy, but it was so watered down in comparison. It, you know, people used to love Spongebob, and I was like, do you know what? It's fine, but it's no Ren and Stimpy. I think with that, too, with Spongebob, it was... They still had that bit, you know, when they're running sleep when they zoomed in and you yeah. saw all the details of their the detail, They yeah. still do that in Spongebob, yeah. but not to the most, like, disgusting degree. The grotesque that... way they do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's um, definitely one of a kind. And some of the side characters as well, because, like, a lot of it made zero sense. I mean, obviously, Ren was a chihuahua, Stimpy was a cat. Mm-hmm. Both of them looked nothing like the animals they were supposed to be. No. They, were, they had a, a friend who was a horse... Mm-hmm. They had Muddy Mud Skipper. Yep, and then I, I always remember Powder Toast Man. I love Powder Toast Man. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> that episode of Powder Toast Man versus Waffle Woman was one of my favourites. I love it so much. Waffle Woman is such a great name. Bring her into the DC universe, I say. Oh, just amazing. Just ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous characters. And Wilbur Cobb is one of my other favourites as well, who appears throughout as the oh. same person, but like in different roles yeah so at one point he's a he's a priest when they're having Ren's funeral which again is dark. well he wasn't well he wasn't dead <laughs> no I know but like the whole idea about a kid show having like a funeral I know you know, you know what I mean but um and then he was also the he was the master animator you know when Stimpy makes yeah. a cartoon and they go to they go to see him because it's like he's Stimpy's idol and it's not mentioned at all it's not like explored but Wilbur Cobb is in prison and they're in his cell with him 
but it's yeah. never mentioned or explained. Yeah, they're just there because they're visiting him. Yeah, like at work. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah, it's never and, even brought up. And he's got a desk, and he's on the phone. He spins round on his swivel chair, and he's actually holding a shell to his ear, which he takes away, and the crab from the inside the shell just crawls inside his ear. <laughs> It's just so out there. It's just oh. so weird. And at one point, he turns around and he lifts up his arms, and he's wearing a thong. And this is a kids' show. Yeah, but look at Pearl Tolsman. Like it's all about his ass on that. Like, it's it a is massive yeah. ass, it's huge. Like it's it's his main feature. <laughs> but I remember obviously, like segueing from that kind of thing into things like what I remember most, which would be Spider-Man animated series, yeah, Batman. X-Men was my thing. Yeah. Because I feel like without X-Men, I probably wouldn't have got into comics as soon as I did. Because mm. I think, as we've said before, when you're growing up, you're all kids like Batman and Spider-Man. They're kind of like a stepping stone into that world, aren't they? Yeah, I find Spider-Man's often that. Yeah. Um, Batman, I suppose, is as well. Although I would still count Batman as still one of my top favourite characters anyway, whereas Spider-Man has kind of slipped down a little bit because I feel like I've grown past that. Like you, the animated series was that real jumping-on point. I mean, to me, and that feels was, like a peak of it. Yeah, massively. The version of Rogue in the animated series is, yeah. like, beyond anything that Anna Paquin can bloody do. Yeah, I feel bad for Anna Paquin because, obviously, she was given the role of Rogue but not that version. Well, she was kind of Rogue but Jubilee. Yeah, or or Kitty Pride. She's basically Wolverine's like kid sidekick. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I know you again going the comics briefly, but I know you dislike Kitty Pride. I do dislike her. Whereas that quite li- I didn't like her at first, but then as she became more of her own character and obviously she's like a trained ninja now and all that kind of stuff, I find her more interesting. But I can see from both sides how she can be annoying, but also endearing. It, it, it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. But, but yeah. yeah, she doesn't really do much for me. But for anyone who's not aware of this, Pride of the X-Men was uh, basically an attempt at a pilot, I suppose, for the animated series. Yeah. Uh, but it was done in... Was it the late 80s? It was done a little bit before, I feel. Like 89, 90? Yeah, maybe. so there was a bit of a gap between that and the animated series starting, which was 92. Yeah. Obviously, it was a failed pilot. It was a failed pilot. The quality was a lot less, and it was centred more around Kitty Pride, obviously, hence the name. Yeah. By the time that it came on as the animated series, the lineup of characters had changed mm-hmm. and the design had been a little bit updated and we get these real classic versions of characters that obviously were inspired by the Jim Lee run on X-Men. Yeah, which, again, is probably one of my favourite runs yeah. because it's just... I just think it's perfect. But, as well, the art is just The art's amazing. astounding. I, I, yeah, Jim Lee was my... I still think he is one of my favourite artists, actually. Yeah, his work's stunning. Yeah, even on, like, when he's done Batman. I don't like his Joker. I, I hate think his Joker. Joker is too caricature. Yeah. But, but the rest of his... his I mean, Batman great. Hush is such a oh, work of art. It's amazing. You know, every page, apart from that one of the Joker. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I still don't know what the, what the idea behind that was. No, but, but beautiful artwork. Yeah, but obviously X-Men, it was one of those things where it, that was its height of its popularity. Yeah, and I think the animated series didn't shy away from how bleak the world was. No, I think the animated series did a really good job of uh, balancing that. It was kind of a way to sort of teach kids about prejudice and mm. you know, how to overcome them, but also it was it did it in a way that wasn't so in your face that it was like... Yeah. The world, the world was a bit like 
trying to think of another comparison. It was a bit like Captain Scarlet, which sounds weird, but the type of world that they were inhabiting was this kind of slightly retro, slightly almost post-apocalyptic kind of world where everything was a little bit... Everything was a bit kind of grey and bleak and dirty. and dirty and just not very... There wasn't much hope or joy in things. No. And it was a bit like that, I think, because I used to watch that as a kid as well. So it was a lot of that same kind of atmosphere that carried across, which I think is why I kind of watched both of them. The voice acting in, in X-Men, the animated series, is so good. To me, they're still like the iconic version. They are the every, iconic. Of every single character in that. Absolutely. I think I said to you the other day, actually, about how amazing i felt sinister's voice was yeah this is a character that was actually teased at the end of um x-men apocalypse yes but they decided to not go in that direction mr sinister is a geneticist i want to say basically he's from the victorian era and he fell in line with apocalypse and apocalypse upgraded him and he just likes to experiment mostly with the summer's bloodline because he's obsessed he's obsessed with Scott Summers. But yes, you're right. He was a geneticist. He was a scientist in the 1880s, I think, called mm-hmm. Nathaniel Essex. Yes. So there was a teaser at the end of Apocalypse. The Essex Corporation. The Essex Corporation, where they were collecting stuff from Alkali right. Lake. Yeah. The, the way that they also structured the seasons as well, you had probably the best adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga. With Yes, I would say. It was slowly built up. Yeah. All done really well. But the way that they solved the problem of the Phoenix inhabiting gene yeah. was like get a portion of life force from all of your friends and it was quite a nice way to do it and you know then she got brought back down to a really bad power levels and what I really liked was you had a lot of really complex character relationships like they didn't all like each other you know Wolverine pretty much hated everyone yeah apart from Jubilee Jean uh, I'd say the women he likes. Yeah. Gambit he had a kind of love-hate relationship with. Yeah, he didn't like him that much. No. There was a lot of threats against Gambit. I'm in the minority. I don't really find Gambit that cool or interesting or likeable. See, most, I do. Most people seem to love him like, you know, like he's the son of God or something. But I don't quite get it. I always found him a bit of an annoying character. I didn't really find him that cool. I do, I do look, personally love Gambit, but recently he's not been getting good... Um, characterization in the comics mm. um, and he's one of those characters as well that he fits the 90s aesthetic better Yeah, one of the main people on the team was Beast and he got put in prison for quite a while did, <laughs> in the yeah. first season Yeah, um, again perfect voice actor like, although Kelsey Grammer did do a good job I think in he did that. do a good job but he was doing that version I think Yeah, but I will say there is one character I didn't like what's that? Uh, Morph oh yeah I don't like Morph yeah Oh, when I obviously when I got into the comics, I was like, "Where is this person?" Yeah, he's not in the comics. <laughs> yeah. But then they did make a version of him that's from like Exiles. Yeah, who was a lot more endearing and yeah. nice to be around. Whereas... But we we got like we got so many characters introduced in that series. Oh, we, you know, we had Cable, we had Apocalypse, we had Archangel, we had Bishop, Bishop, the Savage yeah. Land, Sauron. Yeah, yeah, so many people, so many people, Kazar. Yeah, like even Kazar. Like a happy Kazar. I know. So we, we, there was an amazing amount of, I mean, it was an amazing amount of stories for a start. Mm. And it did adapt quite a few really, like, big storylines from the comics. It yeah. adapted Days of Future Past. It did. Without Kitty Pride, but it adapted Days of Future Past. Yeah, without Kitty Pride. Yeah. Uh, the Phalanx song mm. was really good. Yeah. Then it all dropped off a little bit in the last season because they changed their animation studio to a cheaper one 
which was less good quality. It really was because I felt the animation in the show was one of its strong points as well. Yeah. It, it looks like an adult cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like an astounding... That animation wasn't good. No, not at all. Um, and it ended very weirdly. It really did. It was like... Oh, Again, because I don't really watch the last season. When I re-watch it, I never go back to the last season. I usually switch off, you know, yeah. before that. Which is a shame, because there are some good episodes, like Captain America shows up, and, yeah. you know, you get, like, World War Two Wolverine, and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because I think Xavier was dying, and they sent him to Los Angeles to get fixed or something. Yeah. But it was all a very weird, kind of wrapped up very quickly kind of ending, and it was very... Hmm. It, yeah, it wasn't a great way to end what was a really, really good series. Yeah, it didn't end on a high note. No. But then, going back to something else that crossed over with X-Men, which was the Spider-Man animated show, yeah. that ended on a weird note as well. I felt like it was a much more satisfying ending for Spider-Man's character in the show. I guess. But it, it was sort of like, where is Mary Jane and what has happened to her and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but there was also a very kind of meta ending with it where he... With Stanley. Where he meets Stanley. Yeah. And he goes into the world where Spider-Man was just a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give me a wrong with the knee swinger who got web-slinging with yeah. Stanley on his back or something. Yeah. yeah. I just remember that image in my head. And, um, yeah, but otherwise, Spider-Man was a great series. The animation in some ways was better but in some ways it wasn't because they used they you could see a lot of reused shots constantly throughout the series yeah. it didn't make sense with the setting of the storyline yeah so sometimes they reused stuff which looked really cheap and they also experimented with the 3D landscape yes. so they would like have weird kind of shots where you're zooming in through streets and it was all yeah. really 3D, but then if you actually saw Spider-Man swinging through, it would be just like a normal 2D animation. Yeah. So, yeah, that didn't look so good, in my opinion. But otherwise, again, a really good series with loads of characters from throughout the Marvel Universe. We have Punisher, mm. you know, Spider-Man mutating into the Man-Spider. Yep. Um, Morbius. Morbius. Daredevil, I think. Daredevil yep. was in it, yep. yeah. Um, they even did, like, a version of Secret Wars where you had Captain America... Yep. Storm. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fantastic was there, I think? Yeah, the Fantastic Four were all there. That's right. And... Because in the the comic, the Fantastic Four weren't all there, were they? I can't remember, actually. It's on my head now. I can't remember. I need to reread it. Um, And Iron Man was also there as well. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And we had Iron Man and War Machine in the episode where Carnage came back too. Yeah, we did. So... Again, Venom and Carnage were really well in that show as well. Yeah, they were really good. I mean, Venom in that show was like, that to me is my definitive screen Venom. Yeah, I agree. we've yet to see on screen. Same with the voice acting as well for Venom. Yeah, really good. It was very... And I also liked, which they don't do in the films, where they always talk about themselves as we, not I. Yeah. And I think that's changed now in the comics. I feel they're more like bonded more on a cellular level, maybe? I don't know. It's not like the Carnage bit, because Carnage in the comics is... It's in... Cletus Cassidy's blood. Yeah. They can't be separated. But, um, yeah, again, great voice acting. I, yeah. Um, Black Cat was great. Black Cat was great. We had uh, Doctor Strange in there. And they yeah. even did that amazing little series, which was the Six Forgotten Warriors, which was all of the uh, 1940s. Yeah, with the Wizard and things. The Wizard and the Destroyer, like really early Marvel Miss America. Miss America. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. That was... Yeah, that did come up. I really liked that. I liked it, too. And we got Captain America introduced in the Spider-Man series. It was a different Captain America from the one that we saw in the X-Men. Like, it wasn't the same voice actor, and the design was slightly different. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he was in that. We had Red Skull. Yeah. And and Electro. They did a bit of a spin on Electro's origin. They made was part of, like, a final Nazi... Yeah, plan. which I'm not against. It's no, and Shield was in it as well, so it was great. It was Nick Fury there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, though, like because obviously when they crossed over with X Men, the same voice actor, we could tell the different animation studio because they look slightly, slightly different. different. But it was, but it, it was, it was that version of the X Men. Yeah, it definitely yeah, was. that was a great, that was a great story. And like Spider Man, the Kingpin, the Hobgoblin, Kingpin's the X Men. Yeah, such a good. Oh, Hobgob is Mark Hamill, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, great casting. Great casting. So yeah, there was a that's a phenomenal, a phenomenal series, and I will always revisit that as well and watch it. We've got Disney Plus now as well. Yeah, and the, the thing is with the the Spider Man series though, was that okay to match Spider Man's character, it was a bit more hopeful and optimistic. It wasn't quite as bleak a world and depressing no. as X Men world. No, no. So, but it was set in the same universe. Which again, yeah, set in the same universe, but for some reason the world didn't look the same. That period of Marvel animation was well, just... it was actually like it was kind of a precursor to the MCU. But it really we, was. We had a lot of crossovers with again different animation studios, so they would looked slightly different, mm. but they were all essentially supposed to be set in the same world. So you had X Men crossing over into Spider Man. Mm-hmm. You had Iron Man who had his own series. Which again was a bit. Did you ever watch it? It was rubbish. It was really. I like the theme song, but it was a bit of an odd. It was show. It wasn't very good. Um, I don't know what they're called. In my head, I'm thinking X Force. It wasn't X Force. Freedom Force. I think they were in Iron Man with like. Oh, they might have been. Ju- Julie Carpenter, Spider Woman, Scarlet Witch. Spider Woman was definitely in it. Yeah, but it was it wasn't a Jessica Drew one. It was a Julia Carpenter one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. With a black with suit, a black with suit. The ginger hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she had like Iron Man, War Machine, her. I'm pretty sure Scarlet Witch was there, but maybe she wasn't. And then there was the Fantastic Four series. Mm-hmm. Again, different design from when they appeared in the Spider Man series. Yeah. But they were supposed to be the same people. I don't know if they were voiced by the same actors or not. I'm not sure. Possibly. But the Fantastic Four series was quite. It looked very cheap. It was very. It, it was probably the most rough looking version of all those series. It didn't look great because obviously they, they had a Silver Surface series as well. They did, which actually looked really beautiful. Hmm. It looked very Jack Kirby-esque. It did, but they built on the 3D animation stuff, so Galactus was a little bit more... Yeah. There was a bit more of a, a, a three-dimensional flair to him. Mm. Which kind of it, makes sense for, yeah, for Galactus. Yeah, it, it, it looked really good. Really good. I mean, the series wasn't all that exciting. No. But it looked very good. It was probably one of the best-looking of all the series, in my yeah. opinion. But the voice acting in all of those series, for me, was the thing that really... You know, that they're my definitives. Mm. You know, Peter Parker sounds like Peter Parker from the animated series. And yeah. Wolverine sounds like Wolverine from the animated series, because also Wolverine in that is much more comic accurate than, oh, Hugh, yeah. than Hugh Jackman is. Yeah. Which is why Definitely. I'm not really that fond of Hugh Jackman, because it just doesn't it doesn't feel like the same character, really. No, it feels... I feel like in the first film, they tried to make him into that. Yeah. Well, he was more of a... He became more of a leader and more of a hero. Yeah. And Wolverine is a hero, yes... But he's not a hero because he's heroic. 
do you know what I mean? And that he's kind of... I get what you mean. You don't ever really think he's part of the team because he likes everyone. Because he's not. Whereas, I think, in the films, the more it goes on, mm. the more he becomes attached to the team. Which, okay, is, I, I get, you know, character yeah. development and stuff. But what I like about Wolverine in the comics and Wolverine in the animated series is that he's just quite a grumpy... Yeah old man really yeah. he's really like he hasn't got time for anyone and he will do things his own way but yeah yeah he hangs around with Jubilee yeah <laughs> well, I, think he, I think he kind of looks out for her yeah because he's and that, that is the thing that they did get right with the films because they did that with Rogue mm-hmm. and him but he's supposed to be quite unlikable and I think that's the thing Wolverine's yeah. supposed to have a charm for being unlikable mm. and I think in the films often they end up making him more likable yeah. Rather than relying on the fact that he's unlikable, which makes him therefore likable. Do you know what I mean? I went into the comic shop recently because I was thinking, oh, I'd quite like to read some X-Men. And I went and had a look and it was just like an entire row of different X-Men titles. Mm. And I just went, I don't even know where to start with <laughs> any a, of that. There's a lot going on at the moment. Loads going on. like A, a ridiculous, obscene amount of titles for mm. one corner of... Marvel's world, so yeah. I ended up not buying any of them at all. I just went next door to the second-hand place and I got some Excalibur <laughs> comics. Issues, yeah. <laughs> That's fair as well. I'll just read Excalibur. And... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a certain thing of, like, where you get more into modern comic age, things get so much more complicated and there's so much more going on. And also Marvel, I think. DC are a little bit different because DC do things in a way of having, like, a mini-reboot. They reset so things every so often. Mm. Let's get back to animations. Exactly. So, yeah, we had a great kind of MCU. I mean, there was also the Hulk series. That was actually pretty good. I didn't mind the Hulk series. That was quite good. In fact, until you mentioned it, I forgot all about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had She-Hulk in there. Thor popped up. Uh, yeah. Thing popped up from Fantastic Four. Yep. So, again, lots Rick of... Jones. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> yeah, but he's mostly... You know, he starts off mostly as a Hulk kind of character. He does, but he's one of those characters as well that just gets all these different powers random times. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, but yeah, so when the MCU came out, obviously it's great because it's live action, but we yeah. actually have kind of had something very similar in the past. Yeah, definitely during that time as well. We had the Batman animated series. Yeah, and the Batman animated series is probably one of the best comic book animations there has yeah. ever been. It's it's kind of timeless as well. It's completely timeless. It's but about that's part of its design and the way that it was it was created it was done in this very anachronistic world where they had computers but they also had black and white TVs. And yeah. The cars were all very 1940s. I really like that. And yeah, just just a a mishmash of different time periods in one kind of very heavy art deco world where everything was yeah. quite dark and moody but had this kind of grandeur to it. it was, there's never been a Gotham City like it. No, I think the closest you can get to it would be the Tim Burton version. Yeah, but Which even, obviously that, that I think the animated series does jump off of that. The animated the series... Theme and everything. Yeah, the animated series drew on the Tim Burton films as inspiration but mm. again did something very different. I mean, even Tim Burton's had a more gothic view of it with some art deco flourishes whereas this one was almost like a fully art deco world it's so yeah the, it didn't it didn't have that kind of old world gothic it didn't have the kind of cathedrals and spires and that kind of thing it had more of a kind of a dark glamour of art deco mm, it's kind of as well with the, the fashion they wear as well it's very like 20s 30s yeah there's lots yeah. Of kind of you know bruce wayne always wears a kind of a double-breasted kind of quite wide suit yes as does two-face 
As does Two Face. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's very Two Face, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. But, um... but also the designs are, you know, the designs are excellent. Like X Men, mm. in their final season, they switched animation styles to something more simplified, and it really did lose a lot of the yeah the appeal I found from the style that they had. Because then they changed it to the New Adventures of Batman or something it was called. Yeah, they changed it to New Adventures of Batman because they tried to make it so it tied in visually with the Superman series that they started yes. as that was Tim going on. Tim Daly? Was it Tim Daly who did it? The Superman series? Tim Daly was the voice actor for Superman in the animated series. I think of Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, is the creator yeah. of the Batman animated series. That's right, yeah. And Superman. And he was basically the kind of the orchestrator of the animated universe. Yeah. Obviously, he made Batman Beyond as well. Batman Beyond. And uh, Justice, Justice League. League. And which then became Justice League Unlimited. Um, yeah. But even then, throughout those, there were some subtle variations. I mean, the, the voice actor who played Superman, Tim Daly, was replaced with somebody else for Justice League. Yeah. Uh, oh. And I can't remember his name. I think it's George something, actually. No, I can't remember. But I know, I know because, obviously, uh, with that voice actor... They have brought him back for um, animated films. Yeah. He's also Superman in video games as well. Yeah. So he kind of is well, the voice. Tim Daly has been in a few of them as well as as mm. a voice actor for. So it's Tim Daly and yeah, another another guy who we cannot remember the name of. No, but again, with those three: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. The voices in Justice League are the ones that I associate with those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Because especially with obviously with Kevin Conroy being there, because it's yeah. Kevin Conroy. But um again, like I can't think of her name, I think it is Susan something, but the voice of Wonder Woman is great. Yeah. And I think also what I quite liked is that when they did make the film, uh Gal Gadot plays her in much the same way. Yeah. So I feel like it's a really good like grasp of the character that both of the series and the films have managed to achieve with that. Mm. Which is really good. Going back to the Batman animated series before we talk about the others really unique art style and a level of detail that we don't normally get in others. I mean, the quality, the visual quality of the Batman animated series was light years beyond anything that Marvel was doing with theirs. I love X-Men and Spider-Man series, but visually, in terms of quality, they pale in comparison massively. It wasn't a whole other level. The Batman animated series was like art, mm. moving art. It was it was so good. Yeah. It was inspired a lot by the Fleischer Max Fleischer animated yeah. serials of Superman from the which you can definitely 40s. see yeah and that again the, the Fleischer animations from the 40s are one of my favourites as well I love I'm, I'm still love surprised them. when I saw them that they're actually from the 40s they look so good they're so fluid as well but the amount yeah. of animation frames in there yeah well, it's, it's, it's like it was Disney quality it was the same you know yeah. at the time they were contemporaries and, that's know. true we had some absolutely phenomenal voice acting for, for that as well I mean Kevin Conroy is amazing as Batman and Bruce Wayne he and really does a full on transformation of his voice yeah he has a dark voice for Batman and he has a light hearted kind of you know happy Bruce Wayne mm. figure we have um, Mark Hamill as the Joker which obviously as we all know is probably the best version of the Joker oh, yeah. there's ever been <laughs> yeah Clayface is one of my favourite stories in the animated series Clayface has done very well so well Really, really well, and actually, again, a very dark story. Yeah, he'd been in a horrific accident. He was using this thing to try and make him look younger, and mm-hmm. it ended up just changing his molecular level DNA so he could manipulate his face. Yeah, then he couldn't control it, and then he became this big clay face, horrible creature. Started becoming more 
basically just more unhinged, and it was it was like a full on mental breakdown at the end. Yeah, but I felt as well. It's kind of Hammer Horror like. It was very. Yeah, it was that kind of theatre kind of. Yeah. Production yeah. and things like that. Mister Freeze was a great interpretation because that. Mr. Freeze up until that point had actually been a fairly yeah. mediocre character. That, that, that characterization is just him now. That is what yeah, Mr. Freeze is. Yeah, Mr. Freeze is now as a character defined by the animated series. Yeah. And it's not often remembered as well, but Harley Quinn was completely a creation of the animated series. Yes. And for me, she's still not been bettered in any other version. Bruce Tim really has a good handle on her and yeah. you know her actual motivations and again she's a very complex character in that show she you, is, you don't yeah. realize it until obviously you see the flashbacks of her being a psychiatrist and how she fell in love with the joker and became obsessed and yeah you know and joker having like a female sidekick is kind of a bit out there well yeah i mean i think it could have easily not worked had harley quinn not been so well done yeah and again i think that that does come down to the voice actress as well which is arlene eileen Sorkin, I want to say. Yeah. So obviously now I think it's Tara Strong who plays her, who just basically an impression of her. But that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do because she's so identifiable as yeah. Harley Quinn that uh, I don't think anybody else has really achieved it properly. I do think Margot Robbie even leans into that sometimes. I think she does, but again, I I don't think it just it just isn't as good. It isn't as good as the animated version. No, and I do with Harley Quinn too in in live action Harley Quinn. Um, I think it kind of falls short because, unfortunately, she is originally defined by the Joker. Yeah. And having her appear, admittedly, in the original Suicide Squad, the Joker is there. Yeah. But it's not really... It doesn't come across as the way it does in the animated show. No. Or the comics as well. No. It, you don't get the relationship between them in the same way. And no. I think... You know, it's not that Harley Quinn can't stand on her own as a character, but her origin is tied to the Joker specifically. Yeah. So she can't help but not be defined by the Joker and his his actions. And in, in the mm. animated series, they even do have you know situations where the Joker betrays her. Yeah. And she is beyond angry about it. And she, you know, they they don't always work together. No. But she is very much tied to him. But it's that kind of abusive relationship as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But again, like obviously she can stand on her own TV because she does now. Yeah. She's very much more of an anti-hero now. Yeah. Um, but originally, I think you do need that kind of... You do need some kind of relationship with the Joker originally and then break her off from yeah. that. Because, you know, now she hates the Joker. Yeah. She despises him, which is completely the way she would go when she realises how bad of a relationship was and how much of a horrible person he was to her. And then... You know, you've got the whole thing with uh, Poison Ivy as well. Yeah, she's always had a bit of a friendship with Poison Ivy. Well, they're a couple now in the yeah, comics, yeah. so, you know, which I'm completely happy with because I can see why they would join forces and, you know, yeah. hang out. <laughs> um, yeah, but going back to the animated series, I, I do think those, to me, yeah, they are definitive versions of those characters. They really are. I mean, I've watched other Batman series and stuff before as well, and, you know, it's easily the most... Elegantly executed animated series of a superhero character. Yeah, that there's ever been. In the nineties, we had a great run with having the animated series, a couple of animated series films as well. I mean, Mask of the Phantasm is possibly one of my favourite Batman films ever. It's fantastic. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's excellent on every single level. I will say, if, if if people who are listening have never seen it, just go and 
I don't want, I don't think we should talk about because I want them to experience it if they've never seen it. Yeah. But obviously, if you if you are listening, you have seen. You know exactly what we're talking about. How mm. how well executed it is. How just every single thing actually comes to a head in a really organic way. Yeah. And it's one of those films that does stay with you as well. Yeah, it's, completely. It, even if it, you know, it's even darker than the actual show. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. It's. It takes the show right. and then it actually uses its best parts to make an even more adult storyline, mm. but not lose its identity in the process. And again, incredible voice acting. Mm. It has plot twists of, you know, things that you... Okay, I, I know it off by heart, <laughs> but had I been watching it fresh, there would be plot twists in there that I wouldn't have seen coming. And I would yep. have things... You know, it's just excellent. Yeah, so it really good. is. So... Mask of the Phantasm is one of the best Batman films, and I don't think it gets a lot of recognition, but it really should do. So we had that. We also had the spin-off series of Batman Beyond, yep. featuring the future Batman Terry McGuinness mm-hmm. of a very different Gotham City, which changed obviously quite a lot in the time. That, yeah, you know, it's, it's more metropolis-like it's, now. Yeah, I mean, it's a proper retro future city mm. in a way that's far beyond the Gotham that even the Gotham really was retro future well, in yeah. the animated series but it's a very different one it's very much kind of like a metropolis mm. and again didn't last as long but excellent, no. excellent. really really good yeah. and not afraid to use original villains yeah which I really liked it didn't just rely on the classic Batman villains although it did have a little bit of that with like a you know, it had it had some things like the Royal Flush Gang, and yeah, you know, you had that kind of inspiration of the Joker mm-hmm. still, you know, lingering on, even though we were much further in the future. But again, with that, with the, the spin-off movie from that, which is Return of the Joker, yeah, again, excellent, amazing, yeah. But I know, obviously, um, all these characters that are in there, but the way they sort of changed how their relationship went, but also gave you these flashbacks to show what happened to get you up to that point. Yeah. It was just really well done. And obviously it ties into the animated series. This fact, the final episode of Justice League is... Is actually centred around... Oh, no, it's not. It's not the final episode, is it? I think it's the second to final episode. Is it the second to final? Because the very final episode is about Darkseid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas... uh, the episode, which I believe is called Epilogue, yeah. is about, obviously, Terry McGuinness and his relationship with Amanda Waller and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, yes, it's. Um, I like how they all tied into each other, but also they weren't afraid to do their own thing. Yeah, very much so. Um, and then, you know, the, with, their, with their version of Justice League as well, that was, yeah. to me, that's the Justice League. Yeah. You know, like, Wally West has always been my Flash. I'm not a big Barry Allen fan, no. Wally West was my Flash, and obviously you have other people in there that I thought were amazing. Hot girl, didn't really know anything about her. She's great in that show. All she does is hit things with her mace. That's yeah. literally, that's her, that's her entire character, is just like smashing things with her mace. Yeah. But, again, with Justice League, when we have Hawk Girl in there, we also get Hawkman mm-hmm. in the form of a very different version of it. Really, yeah. where it's actually it's an alien invasion. They are, she's like the advance guard for Thanagarians. Thanagarians, yeah, yeah, for the full-on invasion force to. Yeah, you know, and you got this like betrayal behind the scenes, and everyone's obviously feeling hurt by it. And then her relationship, obviously, with um, John Stewart. John Stewart, Green Lantern. Which again, again, also a bold choice for the cut for the animated series to yeah. do because mostly we'll always go with Hal Jordan. Yeah, and but, to pick John Stewart. 
I think was a really inspired choice. There's so many different versions of Green Lantern. There are. And I think John Stewart doesn't really get a lot of uh, attention outside of that animated show, actually. No, not really. Although they did do a... I think it was 2018, they did a comic run for Justice League and they used the lineup from the animated series. Oh, OK, that's John good. John Stewart was the Green Lantern in that one, I thought it was really oh, cool. Oh, I like that. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, that was really good. So... Basically, Justice League, the animated series, started off in its first two seasons as just being a core group, which was Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkgirl, Martian Manhunter. Mm -hmm. And then Justice League Unlimited, lots of extended universe characters. Mm -hmm. And the other group was still kind of the original kind of senior members of the Justice League, but the stories weren't focused on them. It was more like... I think the first episode of Unlimited was actually around Green Arrow. The Justice League has now become almost like a corporation. It's become so big. It was one of the good changes, because normally when, as we've said, some of these series that are really defining, mm. they make a change in the animation style or something like that, yeah. and it's for the worse. Whereas yeah. actually, although they didn't change the animation style for Justice League Unlimited, it was quite a bold move to basically drop your core members as being the real focus of the show yeah. and to focus on all of these other characters. Really good evolution, actually. It was very quite a, quite a difference, but really nice to see. Yeah, and I think at that point, too, when they were focused on these characters, these are probably characters that never appeared in animation before. No. Or even... I think it's one of those things where a lot of people that read the comics would know who these people are. Yeah. But to just regular, you know... Oh, yeah, to regular viewers, I think probably a lot of these characters... I mean, Blue Beetle is not one that is particularly well-known, for example. No. So... To have all of these in there, you know, Black Canary. I love Black Canary. So there's one episode, I think, where all the girls do, like, an underground fighting Yeah. I think oh, really Wildcat's there as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He trained Yeah, Black Wildcat's Canary. there. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of other animated shows off the top of my head that I did like. Obviously, I was a lot older, but I did enjoy X-Men Evolution. See, I really didn't. I wasn't keen on that. Really. See, I quite liked it. I think I liked how they um, made it actually into a school. I mean, that element to it was actually quite good because you never really got that in the original animated series at all. No. It, it wasn't a school. But I think even Storm says to Jubilee in the first episode, like, we come here to learn our mutant powers from, you know... It's like, but it's literally the same people. And you're all adults. All adults. You've been there for <laughs> yeah. years and nobody else come in. So, I mean, that was a good thing about X-Men Evolution. They did draw on that bit, but I didn't like a lot of the characterization on, you know, most of them. I mean, that was... That was off the back of the films, because the films had come out oh, definitely. by that point. And I think the animated series was more of a tie-in for the films, whereas the original X-Men animated series was actually part of the inspiration for the films. Yeah, that kind of like characterization of everyone, the world building of that, yeah. was very much like a thing that Brian Singer, I think, took on Well, Brian Singer was not a comic fan, so no, he, he, he actually he made the films based on the animated series. Mm, which I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with, but he... <laughs> I don't know if he fully respected the source material enough to really know what he was doing. Like, it worked for the first few films, but then as we get into things like Apocalypse, mm. that didn't work. No. A completely left-field <laughs> choice for animation, though, but also made by Bruce Tim was one from the 90s, Freakazoid. Did you ever watch Freakazoid? I never watched Freakazoid. Oh, it's so much fun. I've seen, I've seen um, like, images. Cause it's, it... more of a, it's more of a comedy. Yeah. And it's more... It, it's a bit more meta. Hmm. It, you know, it makes fun of itself. Okay. Um, was it uh, Nickelodeon or like Cartoon Network or something? It would have been Warner Brothers, I believe. Actually, no, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure what it was on, but I'm pretty sure it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was to do with 
um, it was a Warner Brothers thing because it was something like Animaniacs. It was what? tied to do. It was tied with the Animaniacs. Oh, okay. Which again, isn't no? Is he is he involved in Animaniacs? I think he was. I think he was because off top me thinking now about the visual style of Animaniacs, yeah. there are some designs there that do overlap. I think. Well, I think a lot of what happened with the DC series is that it did actually influence a lot of what was going on with the general Warner Brothers animation side of things. Hmm. Um, I mean, Bruce Tim is still he's still doing it i mean he he's really running the whole show on animated dc anyway yeah we've covered marvel's stuff yep uh we've covered dc stuff we also had like very weird series like the mask do you remember the animated series i love the mask i did too yeah i loved it i mean i love the film anyway yeah which obviously this i think this is set in the same time period well the series i think was just it was off the back of the film yeah because the characterization of like stanley ipkiss was jim carrey's yeah it wasn't like Mm. a i wouldn't consider it the kind of the serious kind of almost art that that no but it was still just a really fun series but again that have you ever read the comic of that i have wow got one in the other room it's really it's just bizarre yeah because it's so weird obviously i tried to find it as a teenager after the film came out, I was like, what even is this? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I forget that at all. That was, to me, when I was growing up, that was just everything. That, and then obviously when uh, X-Men came along, then I was into X-Men more. Yeah. But growing up, <laughs> Turtles, I think Turtles, He-Man and Thundercats were the things I was into. Yeah. Um, Turtles, was, uh, Turtles was excellent. You recently um, dressed up as April O'Neil, didn't you? Oh, wow. Uh, yes, I did. It was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that wig. The wig was not good. No. And um, no, I will not be showing people any pictures of that. I think we may have to... No, 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 that's not happening. Investigate that later <laughs> on. Might be bringing it back up. I mean, you know, I, I, I was I was April and my, my uh, other half was Jubilee. So, you know. Um. <laughs> I think with Turtle too, I, I loved the villains in that as well. Like Shredder yeah. and Krang and... I thought the turtles were really fun, and I mean, going back to it now, it seems a bit more childlike than I remember as a kid. Oh yeah, but uh, those first few series, because again, that changed animation studios as it well. Did, yeah, yeah. But the first few series was just like child it went on for a very long time as well. The amount of series there were of uh, it was that eighty seventh, like ninety five, yeah, I think. Really, it was long. a while. Yeah. Um, I think it's isn't that the same kind of time that. Next Gen was on as well. It would have been, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. I think it started and ended in the same year. There were some random things as well that I really liked, which was um, Dungeons & Dragons. Have you ever seen Oh, that? no, I never watched that. Loved that. I never watched that. Um, I had... Uh, the One of the things I grew up with first was Biker Mice from Mars. God, yeah. That, again, that's off the back of the season in Israel, isn't it? Because you're yeah. a bike from Mars. Like yeah. Street Sharks, you remember that? I remember Street Sharks. Yeah, yeah okay. Street Sharks, which I don't remember much of the series at all. I remember I had, a, I had an action figure of one of them. It's not great. <laughs> of course it's not. I remember it vividly, though. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember the visual. I just don't remember exactly what the subject was. Bike from Mars was interesting. I like Bike from Mars. It's, it's, I mean, it's such a stupid idea. I mean, oh, yeah. Nonsense. It makes no sense, but, yeah. Bike from Mars... <laughs> The title explains exactly how much sense it does not make. Yeah. 
So, but again, really great title. Really great. Looks like the the villain was like Mister Limburger or something. Oh, um, the one that like did he look like a frog? Like a like a fat well, he wore, guy. He, yeah, but he wore a mask. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the scientist. In a business like, suit, right? Yeah, yeah. purple suit. And the scientist there was a scientist that used to work for him, and I can't remember what his name was. Really weasley looking. I had all the figures and everything. <laughs> it was it was a weird time. <laughs> weird time. <laughs> And they were like they were mice, but they had a little antenna as well, which was just I guess the Mars. Yeah, it's a bit like alien mice. Yeah, because they couldn't be Earth mice. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember all the names. Modo I... was the grey one. Oh, Minnie was the white one with the red bike. Was the one a brown one? Yeah, but I can't remember what his name was. He wore sunglasses. Or shades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I need to go and look that up now and see what that was all about. Um, but again, I think I think I remember the theme song as well, which which a lot of these shows had great theme. They, they all had really good theme tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one that was really rubbish, but it always stuck in my mind. It was called Mummy's Alive. Mummy's Alive. God, I remember that. It was rubbish. It was weird as well. Yeah. Do you remember Skeleton Warriors? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was odd. That was. <laughs> I don't think I watched a lot of it, but again, I had some of the figures for that as well. Yeah, I think it was that time where... And then Mummies Alive came out, and they were basically just mummies that then became, like, superhero versions of mummies. They had superpowers, didn't they? Yeah, like, their suits would transform and stuff, and they'd become, like, yeah. It was rubbish, of course, (laughs) but it was uh, entertaining nonetheless. Again, though, great name. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But yeah, because I had that and the Skeleton Warriors and there was a thing called Visionaries but that was a long time ago. I don't really remember Visionaries. Visionaries was basically these guys that look kind of Arthurian knight-like. Oh, okay. But they had um, holograms on their chest that fight, like became animals or something. Of course they did. It was so weird. And obviously the figures had holographic chests. That's also the Power Ranger influence. The other oh, thing is... Power Ranger I love, but that's not animation. It's not animation. <laughs> but did you ever watch Beetleborgs? Yeah, Big Bad Beetleborgs. I love Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, VR Troopers. Oh, I didn't watch VR Troopers. <laughs> it was basically the same, the same thing. Yeah. I didn't watch VR Troopers, but I did watch Big Bad Beetleborgs. That, the Beetleborgs. And odd. Big Bad Beetleborgs Metallics. When they, um, yeah. when they, when they just had a slightly more metallic looking colour scheme. <laughs> so we make a whole new series. So a whole new series. Yeah. Like a line. <laughs> and of course, everything at that time had an action figure. Everything. Yeah. So yeah. I, had a, I had a Beetleborg. I don't think I had Beetleborgs. I know I had... Oh, well, I'm, I still collect, like, Power Rangers stuff, but... Um, VR I saw it the other day. Yeah, so uh, yeah, keep buying these replicas yeah. as an adult. <laughs> it does look very cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Beetleborgs, VR Trooper. There was another one, but I can't remember which one. It was. Oh, Mass Rider. That was one. No, oh, I remember. I remember. I remember it, but I didn't have any kind of. It was just a dude that could transform into this. He was an alien guy who could transform into like a Power Ranger, but he had a bike. Do you know what? The nineties was full of like concepts that just were mashed together and formed into a TV show, even though yeah. they should never ever work together. No, yeah. it's just one. Of the, it was that time where oh well, this is popular now. Yeah. Let's do a riff on this, and then you had like twenty versions of like the turtles and the... yeah, we had twenty versions of Power Rangers. Yeah, exactly, because that was what it was. That was yeah. a big thing. But yeah, because just the idea the name would be Big Bad Beetleborgs is such a weird concept. <laughs> but again, it had a song. That it went did. With it. it was just yeah, which was crazy. <laughs> but then it was it was Big Bad Beetleborgs worked in a song. But then when they changed it to Metallics, it was Big Bad Beetleborgs Metallics. <laughs> Because they had to crowbar it in, but they couldn't quite get the plot. I think because late 90s, too, it was like X-Stream with an X. Oh, everything was. Yeah. 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 
For, yeah, yeah those, are the day, those are the days of Action Man as well. Everything was, you know. Oh, yeah, things like that. Oh, G.I. Joe was around that. Well, we didn't really have that. We didn't have G.I. Joe. We had Action Man. We had Action Man, yeah. Action Man, though. Like, what happened to Action Man? Is he still alive? I mean, he was never alive. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> With his eagle eyes. Is he, is, I, I had the eagle eye version. <laughs> That's sorry. As a kid, that terrified me. He move his, yeah, move his eyes is so weird. Um, and he had like a purple, like hood, like a turban thing he was wearing for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe he was like Desert Commando or something. Maybe? No, that was a different one. There was an action man for everything. There was, yeah, kind of Literally like truly everything, like Barbie or what was it? it was Cindy, wasn't it? Well, Cindy? yeah, Cindy was here as well as Barbie. Hmm. But Cindy was more British than Bob. I think so. Bob was American. But Action Man, yeah, was the boys' equivalent when there was a stronger divide between boys' and girls' toys. Yeah. And Where it's like, girls play with this, boys play with this. Yeah, and yeah, you always had Action Man, who was exactly the same action figure mould every yep. time. But he did like a little bit of a new thing. Yeah, but he always had a scar on his cheek. Yep. Always had that. Yep. The older ones used to have like a fuzzy, blocked head. With a head, yeah, with a hair. Um, Whereas the ones that we had in the nineties were all they were like molded hard plastic, hair, weren't they? Molded yeah. hair, hard plastic. Um, but it's the thing with like a lot of stuff back then. Like, do you remember Polly Pocket? I remember Polly. And Pocket. then there was lots of Max, Mad Max, no, no, no Mad micro Mac. machines. <gasps> micro machines. Because they were all, they were the boys' version of Polly Pocket. Oh, I love my... I lost them all, though, as a kid. Because they yeah, more. I had, a, I had a couple. And then I had some Star Wars micro-machines as well, because they did some... Oh, I did too, yeah. Episode one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they did, like, pop race, uh, no, pop race, I think. And I sold them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, because it was episode one? No, 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 no. I had no problem with episode one, really. No. No, I think more people like it nowadays than the sequel trilogy. Well, yes, because they've realised how good they had it when they had the prequel. Well, yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I like episode one, but I had so much stuff around episode one because obviously I was still very much a child at that point. Mm. So I still had a lot of episode one related paraphernalia. I had a lot of, I had a lot of episode one stuff because people would just kept buying it for me. Yeah. For my birthday and Christmas, which was fine. Um, yeah, apart from this one I thing I had. Complain. No, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> but there was one thing that I had where it's awful. It was like a, a like a twelve inch Jar Jar Binks, but he was on like a pedestal, right. and every time you press the button, yeah, he'd like do a dance to the Cantina song. Like, they did ones of Qui Gon Jin, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul, which are like money bank ones. I'm sorry put, about that. If you put a coin in, and then they started like doing this weird staccato kind of fight. Yeah, so I had all three on my window. They were linked together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Because if you're linked together, they fight. Yeah, yeah. Trouble was though. That was also the same year our house caught fire. So I remember after... Yeah, so after... Sounds like such a funny story. I know, but it's quite funny because I remember afterwards... All, this is, so when I was that age, in my teens, I was very much into collecting all these figures and things. Yes. And then obviously with fire, fire burned these things. And they do. So um, all my collection was gone. Right. In fact, there was a bit where Leia's face had moulded to the Millennium Falcon. It was weird. Yeah. It's quite horrific. Did you take a picture of it? No. Well, if I did, it would have been like... Shame. You have to develop the I, film. I, I kind of want to see what that would look like. <laughs> it, it wasn't pretty. Kind of melted, kind of Terminator style. But not only that, Princess Leia. The, uh, the the three things on the, my windowsill of Darth Maul, Quagmire, yeah. and Obi-Wan had merged as well. It's horrific. Really horrific. <laughs> I kind of imagine it a bit like the thing. Yeah, but more Darth Maul-y. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, he was in the middle, so I think. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon sort of like leaned into him yeah. and then it became him. <laughs> Can I just say, I know we're talking about animation in this episode, but 
toys of the 90s were amazing too toys were fantastic in it the was 90s. so good yeah so good even well the thing is even now when people there's all there's like these companies like uh, a company called NECA. NECA i love NECA. yeah but they're now the figures that they make are reprints of those old figures <laughs> yeah. but more articulated or yeah. more like um you know Better designed, yeah, but they are based on those figures, so they're obviously tied into a lot of nostalgia. Of NECA doing a lot of stuff that I really like. They did, uh, they did a batch of Godzilla figures, mm. uh, which I really, really loved, and I got a couple of those. Oh, they did, um, not them, but McFarlane as well, do really good ones, yes, they do. They're the ones that are doing the new DC ones, I think. The Rebirth figures, yes, they are, or the multiverse figures. They look very good, actually. I do want them. Toys. Well, every time we go into our local comic book shop and I see them, I'm like, should I, I buy one? No, no. But I haven't bought one yet. Well, I go, oh, but it's another new collection. I don't know if I can quite, mm. I don't know if I can quite start another one. Well, it's not actually no. It is kind of like the the uh, Marvel Legends, isn't it? It is. They build the figures as well, aren't they? Yeah. Ooh, great. So I'm, I'm not getting into that. I'm, no, I can't, I can't justify it. I mean, as it is, Mecha do the, the giant quarter scale. Batman 89 and Batman Returns figures yeah. and I am really finding it very hard to not, not buy, them. buy them but I cannot justify them at all because they do an excellent Penguin one which I really want they all look amazing they look but so look, good they also do um, Hot Toys Hot Toys but Hot Toys is one they don't do the scale quite as big as Necker's one no they're, more, they're smaller than Necker they're slightly smaller but also they're a lot more expensive yeah uh, they also come with a lot more accessories I think yeah yeah because those are the two that are the, the high-end version yeah. of these figures. But NECA is the more affordable version of it. Because um, I think NECA got started doing horror icons, and then yeah. they moved into more, yeah. you know, other... But NECA avenues. also making some of the prop replicas as well. Like, they made uh, the Batarang I got out there, um, which is yeah. a kind of fold-up version, kind of like he has in the film. Oh, it's the Batman Begins one, isn't it? It's the Batman 89 one. Oh, I thought you meant the one that's on the wall. Did no, you mean... I didn't. Oh, yeah, no, it's really so they're doing some of those. They've done some of the animated series prop replicas as well. They do, like, the Batman animated series. Oh, the grappling hook. Grappling gun. Yeah, I really want one of that. Oh, the, actually, it's not that expensive either. It's like 40 quid. They're not that expensive. But it isn't bad. For like a, it's, a, yeah. it's a life-size replica of it. They also do a grapnel gun for the 89 film as well. They do. Really like that. We're, we're not sponsored or anything. We no, just no, like we're not. We like that stuff. But, if we, but, you know, we could be, Necker. I mean, you know, if you, if you want to... If you're listening... <laughs> I'd be really, really happy with some of your stuff, <laughs> and we'll promote it. We're not, we're not proud. We're not, no, we're not. We'll take we're anything. Shameless. We'll take anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So next, great. Necker's amazing, by the way, everyone. Necker, Necker, Necker. But we also had, um, yeah. I mean, I have a massive Star Wars toy collection, and that was all obviously done mm. originally done by Kenner. In yeah. The, in the Although if you look back now, the nineties ones, they are henching anything. They, why is Luke built that way? I think because it was the era of Action Man, I think it was very much everyone was quite muscled, and Luke is yeah. way too muscly. He's huge. Yeah, even Leia's a bit boxy. Isn't and it? Darth Vader isn't actually any different in size. They don't make him slightly bigger. He's exactly the same. No, size. they're all the same size. Yeah, it's like Whoa. so. Actually, with Luke's hair, it's probably about the same head size as Darth Vader's full-on helmet. So, yeah, that is odd. It doesn't look quite right. Mm. But uh, you know, then we got into. By episode two, the action figures started to get a lot more detailed. Uh, well, actually, episode one had a few that were pretty good because I don't even yeah. remember, but they came with like little voice. 
the little chips. voice chips. So you put them on, they put them on the reader, and it would say yeah. things in the film. Do you know what? I also got rid of them too. Oh, did you? Yeah. I think I've got. I don't know. My parents still got any. I, I, I decided that I had too much stuff, and they were all so. There was all such a wide variety. I had all the micro machines. I had these other little random miniature pod racers that you pull back, and then they like. Shoot oh yeah, yeah. And then I did have like a big episode one like cardboard banner that was like shop display oh cool oh what though uh one side was pod racing right and the other side was like the naboo starfighter oh that's really cool it was really cool but it was like the trade federation ships as well yeah okay but it was huge and of course where the hell do you put that kind of thing so i had to get rid of it (laughs) and then i think it went the same way as my cardboard cutout of buffy what season was it from three Oh, like beginning of season three, uh, which is Anne. No, 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 no. It was just like generic publicity shot Buffy. Okay. From season three. Oh, cool. Um, I have to say, I did not buy this. Someone gave it to me. That's even better, though. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a cardboard cut out when I was a kid. No, it's the only one I've ever had. But yeah, so I had that, and then I had quite a large selection of different other bits and pieces of random Star Wars stuff. Mm. A couple of, like, plush toys. There was a couple of, like... Just all sorts of stuff. And I was like, yeah. I, had, I had to rein it back because I've had to move house quite a number of times. <laughs> so I am getting sick of carting it all around. I've refined it down mm. into being the normal action figures, of which there are many, mm. plus all of the vehicles, of which yeah. there are many. And then I've got my 12-inch figure collection which was basically again the action man standard yeah um and i think they probably even used the same kind of mold because again the the 97 ones were a bit muscly they were then they started becoming a little bit more refined as the years went on but i again i've got a, you know got quite a few of them too mm. um so that's i've kind of had to rein it all down i know what you mean like with mine i think i've still got like so much of my stuff in boxes because like you yeah. i've moved a lot yeah, um, I got rid of a lot of my childhood figures because they were just, again, I had so many of them. I kind of wish, again, I might, I might ask my parents about it, but they moved house. So when the house that I grew up in, they were there for a good 20 odd years. Yeah. And then they moved into this new house a few, like four or five years ago. But I don't know if they carried any of my stuff with them. Yeah. So I don't know. You'd hope that they would say something if they were not going uh, to. I think they did say about DVDs, and I was like, no, get rid of them, because I've, right. I've not watched them in 10 years or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping they kept some of it. Who knows? Ask. I think you might have to ask. Yeah. Fortunately, okay. I've actually have always kept my stuff with me. See, I didn't have the opposite because of how far away I have lived from my parents yeah. for such a long time. Couldn't really get on the train with... <laughs> All these boxes of no, figures and no. play sets and all that kind of stuff. No, maybe not. So, um, yeah. I remember as well, like, recent, well, not recently, but more recently. Yeah. When I moved in 2018, I had to get rid of, of uh, this uh, action figure set, which was the TARDIS. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't the ninth, 10th Doctor one, which is always not really cool, but very expensive. It was the te- uh, 11th Doctor's first TARDIS. Oh, okay. Which was great. It looked really good, and then it was in a weird kind of like half... So the back of it was like... Yeah, yeah. You know, like cowboy and stuff. But um, I had to get rid of it after my cat just broke it. And I, I after putting it back together like 15 times, like, you know what? I just got to get rid of this. Yeah. 
So see, I had like I had a lot of Batman animated series figures mm. when that came out because they did loads of them, and they had so many different versions of Batman. It's like Lightning Strike Batman, and it was like Batman wearing like a black suit, but with like all these white lightning bolts all over it, which like he would never ever wear. And there was like, they, 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 like they out. there was like underwater ones, and there was like there was all sorts of different Batman. Oh, they always give like those kind of thing underwater versions, don't they? Yeah, Cuba versions. So many different versions of it, <laughs> and like. I had, yeah, so I had loads of different Batman figures, but then I didn't. I don't think I ever had a Joker figure. Weirdly, that's odd. I know. Yeah, but I had. To, I did have a Joker figure, but it was from the '89. Oh, Jack Nicholson. One. Yeah, yeah, but of course, like the figure looks nothing like that. Oh yeah. Oh no, I think I had that. Did he have like um? Oh god, he had like a special thing he could do. He had a cane. Yeah. And he had a hat. And he had a uh, pinstripe purple outfit. He had his purple suit, and but also there was like a little hole with the flower. And you could squirt. And you could had he had like a thing that a tube that you could squirt I had the same water. One, yeah. yeah. I had the same one. Yeah. And the Batman figure that went with it had like you could lift off the front piece of his belt, and it was on a string, so you could put yeah, it out with the... And then he would like. Dangle. <laughs> yeah, it, it would just go slowly go back up again to 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 join. But then I've still got that figure, but mm. the the actual retract bit doesn't work anymore. Oh, no. So you pull it out, and then it just stays there, and then you can't get it back in. It's just, you can't use the graphic hook anymore. No. <laughs> and yeah, and I had a I had an eighty nine Batmobile, mm-hmm. which some evil child that came to our house once broke the fins off of it. Oh no! And it was a nightmare. It would like it just it never would go. We just had to super glue it. Were you able, oh, actually, I was going to say we were able to take the sides off, but it was eighty nine, not ninety two. That would be all right. Yeah, yeah, because ninety two would have had the detachable sides. But, but this one, yeah, it was a complete solid thing. But yeah, That's so annoying. It's so annoying because oh. it's still the coolest Batmobile that there's ever been as well. Oh yeah, and then I had the animated series Batmobile too. Oh yeah, and that yeah, had like, yeah. a little thing that never appeared in the series whatsoever, which was where it was like a little plane. So you could pull out the cockpit at yeah. the back of the Batmobile, and then these little wings flop out. What? So it's like a bat plane? Like a little mini bat plane. Oh! Why did they put that feature in even in the show? I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. And it had these little <laughs> spike things that you could pull out of the... Oh, the tyres. Yeah, like, out of the wheels. So you could burst people. So you could burst other people. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The only well, thing is, even then, I was a little bit... Well, it's not quite accurate, because it's not only one-seater, and Robin sits in there too, you know? <laughs> Robin is just like sit Robin back. has to kind of like hang on the back of it. Yeah, and then I, I got rid of them to be honest over the years. Yeah, but now you've got like you know. Uh, yeah, I've, the I've now started recollecting animated. the animated series, the the new versions of the films, mm, which, which are really bloody good actually. They're really really good, and I do need to get more of them. But the Batmobile is really expensive, and I really want it. I did see it once in our local bookshop a few mm. years ago, and it was ninety quid. It's still ninety quid. It's still ninety quid. Yeah. So it's not gone down then. No. I imagine it's going to go more... It, actually, it, will, it will go up, if Yeah, because of the Batman film. Well, also because of... Well, also, not just that, but because they're not making it actively. Yeah. The, the rarer... Like limited edition. The rarer it becomes, the more expensive it will be. So, but it looks really cool, and it lights up and everything. Well, it's big enough for them to fit in, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's to scale. It's quite big. Actually, it's quite huge. It's huge. And the Batplane they do, from mm. the animated series, is enormous. Oh, God. And really expensive. It's like 300 quid. I think I've seen... So I can never justify it ever. No. But it's huge. Like, it's... Again, it's to scale with the figures. It's like massive. And the car as well. Yeah, it's huge. Enormous. Where would you put it? You... I don't know. <laughs> Make a new shelf. I would tackle that bridge if it, yeah. if it came to it. But the fact is, I'm not going to be able to spend 300 quid on a bat plane well... that can do nothing. Except... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. 
you know, the Batmobile, I think I could probably just about justify at some point, but I don't think I could ever justify the Batplane. No, I, I get where you're coming from. I've got so many replica lightsabers that are just yeah. gathering dust because I don't know where to put them. Yeah. And, yeah. I've, one I've got one knocking about, but I, I think it fell off the wall. Yeah, I think when we moved, we lost a... Standees. I need to buy new standees for them. Yeah. Um, or just stuff you can put on the wall to look like rest them. Up. I really want a new lightsaber though. I've got one which is like it's a bit kind of basic. I want to mm. get a new one, and it, you know. Well, there are some new ones coming out, but obviously they're not cheap. No, but also if the the ones that I want to fight with. Them. <laughs> they need they need to be the ones for that are really like the the dueling ones. Yeah. So you can there are there are certain make that you can buy which are made for dueling but yeah. you can't the, the newer ones now are a lot more um, sturdier but I still wouldn't I still wouldn't them too I hard. still would not use them that way I can't remember where the one I got came from it was Saber Forge or Ultra Sabers one of the kind of the earlier ones doing the dueling sabers oh yeah but but the one there's so many new ones coming out as well that I want but I'm like do I I can't justify 250 quid on something that's just going to sit there and I'm going to pretend to be I don't know Layoff. <laughs> I used to have, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I used to have um, these really giant, like this kind of, I don't know how, how big they were, probably like 15 inch hmm. plush figures of Ren and Stimpy. Oh, okay. Like soft toys. They were huge. They were huge, they were enormous. And I got them from Forbidden Planet when they actually were in Brighton. So I I have never seen a friend of mine in Brighton. I've been here on and off since like two thousand three. So yeah. it was a while ago. It was a long time ago. I mean, it was I was probably about five when I remember Forbidden Planet being okay. in Brighton. So wonder why they closed. Sorry, wonder why they actually got rid of it. I don't know. I think they maybe just I think because Forbidden Planet then started going into like the megastore territory. I mean, this was a little. Uh, this wasn't a big shop. It was a small, quite dusty old-fashioned comic shop. It wasn't anything... Yeah, probably before they came like a massive franchise. Yeah. I even had a Spider-Man car, if you can imagine such a thing. Is it that one that... Is it the one for the comics? The buggy one? No. No? No. It was like the equivalent of the Batmobile, essentially, but it was like... It was more like a sports car, but with like a translucent red plastic with like web detailing on it, like a grabbing pincer arm that would come out of the centre at the front to grab people. Why does why does Spider-Man need a car? I don't know. Also, why is it like a... I also seem to remember that it had black spider legs on the side, so as it moved along, the, the legs would kind of do that, even though they weren't actually touching the ground or doing anything. What, to give the illusion that the spider legs were moving it along? Either that or just, just, for, the, show. just for the effect of it being like, see, it is a spider. So Peter Parker's just like, I know what I'll do. Yeah. Put some legs on it. But why he has so. a car, no idea. No. Pointless. The most pointless toy ever, I think. I might have to try and find a picture of it and post it on Instagram because. Uh, that just sounds completely unnecessary. It's a ludicrous. It was a ludicrous tie in just to try and. It was just to get more sales. It's literally like, oh, Batman's got a car. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. So I had that. I actually think I had a kingpin. What, from the show? Yeah. Okay, I'm in the white suit. I think so. I could be completely imagining it, but I'm pretty sure I had a kingpin. They probably did release one. I had a Hobgoblin, that's it. And actually, the Hobgoblin one was even better because the Hobgoblin had his little glider. Mm-hmm. But then I also got his massive glider that he... Oh, yeah, that he put his glider into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it fit in. So yeah. It had, like, a handle so you could hold it and fly it around. It was really cool. cool. Yeah. I imagine when I had, uh, I had like, a turtle blimp. 
okay. Which actually had like a plastic bit and then a blow balloon yeah. thing. But I remember, I don't know if you had these when you were a kid, but at school, before we went to secondary school, there was always like a um, bring your own stuff in day to sort of play with. Yeah, and, yeah. So I, I remember taking my stuff in one day and someone popped the balloon. <gasps> so the blimp never had a balloon on it anymore. That's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, isn't it? But Kids are cruel. <sighs> kids are kids, though. Yeah. I, I, like... You know, when I have children, I'm not just in my kids and my toys. <laughs> it's like, I'll buy you your own toys. You can look at mine. Yeah, these are mine. These are mine. <laughs> you were probably a little bit older at the time when it came out, mm. but I was still in primary school when Pokemon started. So Pokemon, I, again, <laughs> I watched this, the, the show and I liked it. Yeah, I've still got all my cards. Mm. Um, the, the better series, though, for me, was always Digimon. See, I never, I never watched Digimon. But so I again, Digimon. when I was growing up, it was either you like Digimon or Pokemon. I know, and there was always this kind of divide. But actually, it was like, well, Digimon is the better TV series. I've never seen it. I know the theme song. Randomly. It has actual character development and everything. Oh wow! Not just the same thing over and over like Pokemon. No, Pokemon is literally the same. Yeah, and Ash never wins a tournament. Ash never wins. He's still the one apparent today. No, he's, he's terrible. But, you know, should we maybe be more concerned that? Ash may be kind of mentally ill. Well, that these old things are not happening. These things aren't head. happening, and or Brock and Misty are his carers. Okay, I quite like this theory. And, 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 <laughs> and it gets more interesting because when you look at characters like authority figures, mm-hmm. they all look the same. Well, they are. It's Nurse, Nurse Joy, Joy Officer Jenny. Officer Jenny, that's a, uh, They all look the same. They do, with difficult hair. Yeah. And also, there's multiples of them. But, I mean, a mother has gone, go on, go out with your mouse creature. As long as you've got your carers. <laughs> take, your pet, take your pet mouse. As long as you've got your carers with you, it's fine. <laughs> there was also that animated series from the Mummy films. Do you remember? Not Mummy's Alive. Oh. It was the actual The Mummy. And there was, but I never saw it. It was kind of, in a way, better than the films. Was it something that span off from both of the films, or just the first No, film? both of them, because it was the main character was actually the, the kid. Oh. But he was older than he was Alex. in the film. Alex. Yeah. But for some reason, the mummy, Imhotep? Imhotep, yeah. Was purple. No idea why. He was just coloured purple. Yeah, okay. Not no idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay, that's strange. And there was another animated series mm. off of a film from the 90s, mm. Jumanji. I've seen Jumanji. Now, that series is weird. Yes. And, but it I like it. and it completely flips the whole concept because rather than the game coming out of, you know, the characters from the game coming out of you the board went into game, the game, didn't they you? went, the kids went into it. Yeah, yeah. And Alan was still in the game. Yeah. I don't quite know how it tied on to the film, but it was the same kids. I think it was just a way to sort of have that that theme, so they could have a turn it into yeah, turn it into like an animated series that would probably yeah. get a bit of money. From and it. I remember every, and all the clues that came up on the game were always really stupid. Mm. They were all just really like ridiculous. And then at the end, there would always be a bye, Alan, <laughs> as they all faded away. Yeah, the nineties basically was a great era <laughs> that we're was. no longer in, <laughs> and everything today is just not as good. So. Yeah, I think that is all from us today. <laughs> it's, yeah. Kind of exploring nostalgia. But, I mean, we uh, did go off on a bit of a action figure tangent, but... We did, but it's kind of related because 90s animations were so tied to toy companies. Yeah. In it's particular. Like what toys can we make out of this? Or... Literally anything. 
that could be on screen can be a toy. So oh yeah, I think um, that's quite. I think that's valid yeah, detraction true. from it. <laughs> so um, so yes, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be on all of the streaming platforms as per usual, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode talking about the book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. As we are, as we're recording now, we are in between the sixth and seventh episode. Yeah. So once we've seen the finale, we can uh, we will delve into it. Yeah, we'll be talking all about Boba. Yes. So, uh, yes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks very much. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs>